You're listening to Discover Hope with Pastor Tom Leake of Hope Bible Church in Columbia, Maryland. If you keep struggling with making progress, drawing closer to God, loving Him more than the world, giving up some hedonistic desire, getting over your anger, getting past your constant discouragement, your shyness and your fear, your envying, He will give His greater grace so you can master that. Get past it. Grow if you will humble your heart. Pride, certainty, boastful, humble. Two of these characteristics should be adopted by anyone who's believed in the saving name of Jesus. Pastor Tom outlines what you can look for to see humbleness in yourself and others. Do you see a pleasant demeanor? Someone who owns their failures? Non-existent ego mentality? Certainty that Jesus takes care of your needs. Friends, you've got to do some heart surgery to grow close to Jesus. You have to silence any and all prideful action or thought. Now, here's Pastor Tom in the book of James chapter 4 with today's edition of Discover Hope. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, look at it, but gives grace to who? The humble. The humble person. The humble kind of person gets this greater, ongoing, effective, powerful grace. That's a partial quote from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34 in the Septuagint version. With this verse, I think we've just struck on something wonderful. We've struck gold here in our understanding about how to relate to God. This shouldn't be a secret. It's not a secret, but it's something we overlook. If we want to receive help from God, this verse really, really helps. This is a very powerful spiritual principle. If you want to understand why some believers advance well in their walk with God and others seem stuck in the slow lane, this is the answer right here. You've been wondering about yourself. Why don't I make more progress? You may have a lot of conflicting ideas. You might think a lot of different thoughts in your mind. We're going to simplify all of that for you right here today. Like I said, you struck gold. You're hunting for a secret why sanctification just is accelerated with some people and not with you. Here it is. There it is on the page. Humility. Humility. Self-imposed humility. Those kind of people experience more of God's operative power than others. How does the power of God, the grace of God, flow to me as a believer and make me more sanctified the way I yearn to be, but sometimes I'm not? The answer, when I choose to humble myself. This principle is so important, Peter picks up on it in his letter, and he, he writes about that. He says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Notice the responsibility is on us to humble ourselves, right? Then it says, quotes the same Passage in Proverbs, for God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. Notice the imagery of humility is down low and it's the opposite is to be raised up and to be exalted. Jesus put it this way, whoever exalts himself shall be what? Humbled. So it's going to happen anyways. Either you humble yourself 
Or God will let you exalt yourself and dance and sing and make fun of others and compare them and be haughty and live your life for yourself and a year will go by and a decade will go by and two decades will go by and then God's going to get you. You're going to dance that dance, you're going to pay. He will humble you. But whoever humbles himself, what? Shall be exalted. It's much, much smarter now before God has to do something outwardly to you. Inwardly, humble yourself. I'm just saying. <laughs> God's greater grace comes to the humbled heart. What is humility? Humility is exactly what you wish it was not. It means exactly what you don't want it to mean. It means someone who is low. Often the humble are just referring to those that are poor in society. Not that their hearts are humble, but because they're kind of lower, they have a lower position and status than other people. And the rich tend to be proud and the poor tend to be humble. That's not always the case, but that's a tendency, and so it, it writes it like that. It just means lowly of heart, a person of low estate, of low mind. If you do not lower yourself, if you do not lower your opinions, if you don't lower your estimate of yourself and what you think you ought to be getting in life, you can't be humble. See, because in our minds, sometimes we think, am I a humble person? We look at really arrogant people and we say, I'm not like that, I must be humble. No, you're just a little more humble than that arrogant person. That, that's not such a great comparison, is it? And political leaders tend to really stick out the chest, you know what I mean? And uh, it's easy to say, well, I'm glad I'm not like that. I must be really humble. But humility has to do with lowliness. Romans 12, 16, be of the same mind toward one another. Do you feel like you're, you're on the same par with other people? Notice that humble people are easy to be around. Do you ever notice that? It's proud people you have to walk on eggshells around, right? Will I offend them? Will I do this? Will I do that? Oh, my goodness, how they will take this? I can't. And that's because they're proud. They've elevated themselves. They may not like themselves all that much, but they've elevated themselves. And they're hard to be around. Humble people can be around. You might accidentally say something you shouldn't have said, and you say, I'm sorry, and they say, ah, forget about it. They're humble. They don't really think all that much of themselves. They kind of are chill, I think the youth say. They're chill. I, I have to admit, I don't know what that means entirely. <laughs> but hopefully it has something to do with humility. It says... Uh, in that same passage, I didn't finish quoting it, but associate with the lowly. Do you associate with the lowly? Or do you look out for those that are of the status you are? Try to find them or higher, and that's how you relate to people. Find someone that you can get something out of or more, or at least on your own par, and relate to them. Not this person. They don't dress quite like you. They don't have as nice a job as you have. And so they're not invited over to your home as much. You see how that works? Well, you're not humble. When we act like that, you're not humble. You might think you're humble, but I'm just here to be a mirror. The Word of God is a mirror. That's not humility, okay? That's not what humility looks like. That is what pride looks like. I'm more important. I need to take care of myself. I, 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 right? Matthew eleven twenty nine. what did Jesus say? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus said, for I am gentle. By the way, humble people are gentle in dealing with other people and their faults. And I am humble in heart. Christ said that. Now, that's true. He was humble in heart. So when you learn from Christ, you learn the Christian life properly, then you become a humble person. That's why when you see people learning a lot of doctrine and they're, they're acting like they're learning all this stuff and they're speaking Bible stuff and they're really on fire for God, but they're not humble, 
They're not really learning the gospel. They're not really learning Christ. They haven't really learned Christ properly. They're learning all this stuff. Their head's getting big, but their heart's cold and hard. And they think that they're the greatest thing. What does a humbled heart look like? What does a humble person look like? Well, we already said he associates with the lowly. He does not think highly of himself. He's willing to learn from others. He particularly seeks out learning from people who are humble. He wants to learn from them. She wants to learn from them. Finding someone that knows something about God, who's walked with God and says, I want to learn from that person. That's a humble person. She is a person who is on her knees. You find out is a, is a congregation, a humble congregation. Sean was right. You're going to tap into the power of God if you're a congregation that comes out to prayer meetings, right? Because prayer meetings indicate the real heart, whether or not you are dependent on God or whether you're on cruise control and God just needs to get behind you and push you along doing the things that you want to do. A humble person is aware of her weaknesses. She is aware of her, in her own conscience, of her creaturely status. Humble people know of their dependence on God. Humble people, we were out at the San Diego Zoo and they had these peacocks walking all around. You know, humble people are not like peacocks strutting around. Look at my beauty, the whole array. Beautiful green and blue colors, right? Humble people do not have swag. <laughs> you can see I'm trying to relate to the young people today. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm feeling old. <laughs> Humble people, and this is for Tony and me, don't talk trash. <laughs> Humble people don't exalt self. Humble people don't boast of their accomplishments. You know, boasting is a subtle thing, right? The, the, the loud boasters are easy to spot, you know? I'm going to build the biggest wall, the best that has ever been. That's a slam dunk. But there's a lot of times we make little comparisons, just subtle little things. Someone shares a story. Oh, I had a better story than that. One and up someone else. You had that surgery? My surgery was worse. <laughs> Why do we say those things? Well, we brag about our kids. There's a subtle one. Our kids, our grandkids. See, now we're getting to where the rubber hits the road. When someone is truly humble-hearted, amazing grace appears. I mean, transforming grace. You ever hear of a guy named John Newton? What was he? Slave trader. He's on a ship. Slave trader. God got a hold of him. He repented. Very, very low estate. I mean, what's worse than a slave trader? And God got a hold of him and he penned amazing grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Imagine what that felt to him after all that he had done, that God's going to be willing to forgive me, that God's going to make me his own child? What manner of love does God have that I should be called the son of God? I imagine going through his brain. And then he said, uh, who saved a what? A wretch like me. He wasn't exaggerating. I hate it when people say, you know, Amazing Grace is such a beautiful tune. I'm like, you're missing it. You're missing it. It's, it's about the grace in the heart. He lowered himself, and God gave him a powerful testimony. Amazing grace, greater grace, grace greater than all my sin. John 1.16, for of Christ's 
fullness we have all received and grace upon grace. Piled high. See? Abounding grace. To who? The humble. Listen to this very carefully. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. So I thought God is everywhere. No, that's the omnipresence of God. That's true, but there's a special sense in which God comes and meets people who are brokenhearted. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Hannah's words in 1 Samuel, Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. In other words, He hears it. He knows exactly what's going on. And with Him, actions are weighed. If you keep struggling with making progress, drawing closer to God, loving Him more than the world, giving up some hedonistic desire, getting over your anger, getting past your constant discouragement, your shyness and your fear, your envying. He will give his greater grace so you can master that. Get past it. Grow if you will humble your heart. I know you're saying, wait a minute, it can't be that simple. Yes, it is. It's not easy, but it is simple. It's actually very hard, isn't it, to humble your own soul? Now, it's, it's pretty easy to let a few humble words come out of your mouth. Our political leaders, our national leaders, very few of whom I think are humble, they can say humble words, can't they? I mean, you see some actresses that are very vain. I mean, they can act out humility. They know how to say the right words. Arrogant sports personalities get a microphone pushed in front of them. They know what they're supposed to say. Well, it was a team effort. <laughs> yeah, but you won and, you know, you scored a thousand points. Yeah, it was a team effort. <laughs> it sounds so humble. But to actually think about yourself as not all that important. Huh. That's hard. To think in your head, I don't deserve the thing I'm asking God for. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask it anyway, because God's generous and he gives undeserved favor. To think that other person and what they're going to have to face this week is more important than your list. Let's be practical about this, right? There's, do you break it down? There's your business list. There's the things you have to do for your health. There's cleaning the house. There's the kids. Item one, two, bullet points. What about the other guy's list? The other guy's got a hard one this week. When you're humble, you start thinking, you know what, I could, I could fix that another week. Let me go help, let me go help John. Let me, let me go help somebody, see? To think lowly of yourself. It's hard for me to get fast in this passage. I'm, I've just really slowed down in it because I just sense that this is what we need to be focusing on. I know you're probably thinking, like, get to verse 10. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I can't move quickly through this. This is just hard. Who's going to look out for me if I lower myself? Ain't nobody looking out for me. I got to look out for me. You know what those words are? That's pride. It's pride that has to be proud because it doesn't have confidence that God's going to take care of you. So you can't really even humble yourself until you have confidence that if I humble myself, he will what? You think Jesus went to the cross thinking, uh-oh. 
I'm going to go to the cross. What's going to happen? Who's going to look out for me? Everyone's abandoning me. Right? If there was any kind of trembling in him, when those women came along him in the Via Dolorosa and they said, we weep for you. And he said, weep for yourselves. You have no idea what's going to come upon this city for what's being done. It's basically what he was saying. Weep for yourself. Man was he strong in faith. If you believe God's going to bless your life, then you can be humble. If you don't, then you're going to keep looking out for number one, I guess. Get low before God and see what God does with your life. Didn't we just sing it? Him exalting, self what? Abasing. This is victory was the next thing. Not this is pain. This is victory. Isaiah 66, 2, for my hand made all these things. You ever go outside and think about the greatness of God? Just go outside, oh, look at the sky. At least in the wintertime, we have the sky to look at. The sky is beautiful. Thus, all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one, I will look. Here it is again, similar to what we already read. To him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. A lot of people don't take the word of God very seriously. We had a bibliology class yesterday. We're talking about inspiration of Scripture. If you understand inspiration, the verbal, plenary, confluent inspiration of Scripture that leads you to you must believe the Bible is an inerrant Bible, that it has no errors in it no matter what subject it talks on, right? And if it's inerrant, it's also authoritative fully, and it's powerful and effective and sufficient and necessary. And we're going through these attributes. That's how we should believe about God's Word in our personal devotions, when we listen to expository sermons, when we're memorizing Scripture. Not treat it lightly. Sometimes we have so many copies of the Bible around. They're on electronic and everything. We don't take it all that seriously. People go to church and they don't really necessarily even want to hear Bible anymore. They don't really tremble before the Word of God. But that's what a humble person does. They tremble before the Word of God. How pompous are the preachers? How pompous are the Bible teachers that don't believe every word in there? That tell their people it's not all true. What are they going to say to God? Yeah, we kind of thought that you didn't know what you're talking about. We really didn't believe it when he said you lied or you don't lie. Matthew 5.3 said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who gets into the kingdom of heaven? Answer, poor in spirit. The proud, on the other hand, please notice, encounter resistance from God, right? God resists or opposes the proud. Look again at verse 6. God is opposed to the proud. Opposed. Now, if a person is totally proud as an unbeliever, they're going to meet total resistance from God. If we're struggling with our own pride as believers, we're going to meet some resistance from God. The point is that wherever pride is in a person, there God actively opposes them. Who are some of the more pompous figures of Scripture? We'll take it to the extreme to make sure we understand Pharaoh comes to mind, right? Let my people go. Who is the Lord that I should listen to him? Oh, well, I mean, you're going to find out. Here come the plagues. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. Exodus 10.3 God opposes pride in any human being because he opposes all human pomp. He hates pride in humans. He hates it. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. There are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. What's the first one listed? Haughty eyes. What are those? The eyes that look like 
superior eyes. I'm better than you eyes. Look in my eyes and know I'm going to beat you. I'm better. God hates it. God says he's going to destroy it. Pride is the worst human attribute. And it's probably the most common human attribute. It's indefensible for fallen creatures. We're sinners. We're fallen. We have pride. Proverbs 16.5. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished. Look at proud people. Notice that pride comes before the fall. You can look at them. Don't envy them. It's just a matter of time. That's that whole Psalm thing, right? Where he says, well, I was envying the sinners and then I looked at their end. Pride comes before the fall. There's a reason why there is a hell. 1 John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Worldliness, there it is. Pride of life is the pride derived from life's accomplishments. People are proud of their schooling, proud of their career, proud of their trophies, proud of their possessions. That's the pride of life. It's not from the Father. One writer describes the pride of life this way, braggadocia, which exaggerates what it possesses in order to impress other people. Put another way, it's an arrogance or vainglory relating to one's external circumstances, whether wealth or rank or dress. Bragging comes in many forms. Usually there is some favorable comparison that one is making to someone else to make themselves look a little taller, a little shinier. One premier example in Scripture is King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4.30, standing on his balcony looking out over the great city of Babylon. Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? No one should ever utter words like that unless they're God. Did God oppose Nebuchadnezzar? Yup. God reduced him pretty quickly to acting like an animal, crawling around eating grass, literally. Sometimes God strikes people in the mind who have been proud. He strikes them for their pride. I hope you don't secretly envy the beautiful and the proud people. Those on the magazine covers, those doing the photo shoots, the sports star, the singer, the dancer, whatever it is. It's Pride is that female look of vanity. Pride is that male look of superiority. Pride is that haughty look in the rich person, surrounded by other rich persons, dressed to impress. Pride is that clique of girls wandering around in school, not letting anyone else in their circle because they're better, you see. It is sin when we turn the things that God has given us to enjoy, whether it's beauty or money or things that we have. God gives lots of stuff for us to enjoy, and we get them, and sometimes they're really nice, right? And we turn those into reasons for boasting for ourselves. We get a, get a gift, and we go, look what I got. But, yeah, but you were just given that as a gift. I know, but look what I got. It was just given to you as a gift. You didn't earn it. It was just given to you as a gift. I know, but look what I got. I got it. It's mine. People can brag and boast about what they have without even saying a word, right? Eyebrows can go up. Look at my home. 
Look at my car. Did you see the suit? Proverbs 25, 14. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of his gifts falsely. Pride of life saturates this world. Pride of life saturates this world. It's everywhere around us. Everywhere. It's influencing you and me. Medicine is a good thing, right? It helps us get rid of what makes us sick. You learn from Pastor Tom today that being gentle and respectful is an antidote to a worldly attitude of, I'm better than you. If you ever wanted to be more like Jesus and struggle to get close to God, then have the assurance that He'll take care of you. Let go of all control, your delusion of control, and learn from others that lead a quiet life. With sad yet hope-filled hearts, we want to let you know that Pastor Tom Lee, the voice you've been listening to today, has gone home to be with Jesus. Pastor Tom served the Lord faithfully here on earth for 24 years, pastoring thousands and helping to create a network of like-minded churches in the Mid-Atlantic region. He shared the gospel unashamedly, shining light into this dark world. Pastor Tom will be missed, but we rejoice that he is healed and with his Savior. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Tom and his legacy, visit hopebible.org. Now, here's a preview of the next edition of Discover Hope. Laid back, don't care attitude, go better, I need to change attitude. Which ones speak of a proud person not taking responsibility for the direction of their life? Which ones speak to being humble? You'll want to tune in next time to hear Pastor Mark unpack more of what you can personally do to not be of this world while living in it. You'll also be reminded that it's an ongoing process to be set apart, to be free from pride. What a relief. Thanks for tuning in today for Discover Hope. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Tom, visit HopeBibleChurch.org. There's much more to learn from the book of James. So we hope you'll join us again right here on Discover Hope.